Good afternoon and welcome everybody into another edition of the Devoted Steelers Podcast. I am the D, as in Dimitri George. Join alongside my co-host, as always, he is the V, Vince Paparella. And Vince, let's jump right into it. Well, Vince, the pads have gone on. It's time for us to double down on another edition of the Devoted Steelers Podcast. Uh, I am, as always, Dimitri George, joined alongside Vince Paparella. Vince, how are we doing? Great, you know, spending all day in front of my television, honestly, just looking at training camp updates and, you know, kind of constantly refreshing Twitter like a lot of us are right now and just really uh, diving headfirst into this uh, 2021 football season. Couldn't agree more. And I know the Steelers do, uh, I think every day uh, for practice, they do have some um, a, a live stream, if you will, up until they really start getting the team drills. Uh, you can kind of at least see the first 30, 45 minutes of individuals. And, and then, like I said, once they break off and do actually, you know, tent and team drills, they, they don't, they're not able to show it. And actually, I don't know if you saw it. Steelers posted on their, on the, on the scoreboard of Heinz Field today that to encourage the fans that are in attendance to not uh, video and post any plays that the Steelers might be running, uh, which I thought was funny. But, um, well, and, and people were giving them flack for that. You know, you don't want to give anybody any competitive advantage, especially after what happened offensively at the end of last season, then I think they're, they're right. And yeah, someone said something, I, I forget who, uh, someone said, Matt, Matt Canada said this, this is the easiest offense in the NFL. And, <laughs> and then here's the Steelers. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't video our place. Yeah. Um, but all Fair good point. fun, but so we, let's discuss uh, as much as we can. Obviously we, Vince and I are unfortunately not at training camp. So we're going off the great reports from local beat writers. And I'm sure we're going to reference our good friend at Steelers Depot especially the work that Alex Kazor does uh, and his reports. Um, listen, give it up to Alex Kazor. That gentleman does a fantastic job every year um, going and basically charting every snap uh, that he can uh, during a training game. He does an excellent job, so I'm sure we'll reference him a lot today. want to give him a shout-out. Um, yesterday, first day in pads uh, as uh, the Steelers uh, transitioned to Heinz Field earlier this week. Uh, everyone's, you know, wanted to see some some matchups that we haven't actually get got this that we didn't get to read about just yet. Uh, I'm talking, you know, the backs on backers when it comes to specifically Devin Bush versus Najee Harris. Those types of uh, we I think Najee Harris uh, went up against Marcus Allen and a few others, but not necessarily Devin Bush. I think which uh, I think we all are kind of interested to see. Um, but again, yeah, taking it slow with Bush. Yeah, they are yeah. taking it slow, which I think is smart. Yeah. Um, and I think even – I think generally speaking, with, with the extra week that they get because they're in the Hall of Fame game, I think they're taking it slow in general. Sure. Uh, sure. Yesterday, yesterday they were in full pads. Today, reports that they, they, they were just in shoulder pads, uh, just in shells. So, um, Mike Tomlin obviously not trying to burn his team out with the extra week that they have. But let's be real, a week from today, the Steelers <laughs> are kicking off uh, against the Dallas Cowboys in the Hall of Fame game, as crazy as that sounds. Yeah. Um, well, the, so they're obviously they have the extra uh, week, right? That's what I'm saying. So. The, ex, the extra week before the game, and then they have the you know because how the schedule lays out. I think that last preseason game, I think everyone's going to have a full two weeks, if I'm not mistaken, um, before the season actually starts. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of time, a lot of extra time that you know. And Mike Tomlin has been around the block. Obviously, uh, he knows how you know how how much his team can take from a training camp setting. Pers- perspective so not no surprise that he had him just in shells today i'm sure they'll be back in pads this weekend uh especially tomorrow for friday night lights which i think is tomorrow night at heinz field yeah. um the last game will be games will be sunday august 
29th, which is exactly a month from today. And uh, that's about, what is that? 11 days before September 9th, which is when the Buccaneers and the Cowboys play. Uh, and Dallas gotcha. does play on that game on that day. So just gotcha. Heads up. Gotcha. Thank you. Um, but Vince, uh, like I said, just going off of what uh, we saw via Twitter and some of the uh, articles after practice and <laughs> late last night, um, obviously much to talk about with uh, some of the young guys um, specifically, I think, I think you and I wanted to talk about Najee Harris, but also uh, it's kind of like Alex Highsmith had himself a really good day. Um, so just kind of give me your thoughts uh, early initially from what you read and what you're hearing from the from the first pad of practice. Um, I'll, I'll talk about Najee first. So for me personally, and this is probably not the consensus among Steelers fans, I have a very high bar for Najee Harris because he is a running back and I saw what he did at Alabama uh, and I know what he's capable of. And so, you know, with the new offensive line, I understand that as well. So I, I expect him to be very, very good this year, honestly. We see running backs come in all the time as rookies and perform right away at a very high level. Um, you know, and so really that first contract is for a running back is really the time to kind of, you know, time to shine. So I have very high expectations for Najee Harris. So when I see stuff for Najee Harris, you know, being talked about frequently in the Pittsburgh media, it's like awesome, but as to be expected. You know, defensively, uh, obviously, the cornerback and, you know, really secondary is a large uh, question. Um, but Alex Highsmith, you know, I, I was talking to my friend the other day, and it's like, you know, people talk about other people. It's like, no, I just I, – I really can't get over about how excited I am for Alex Highsmith. You know, just going back to how he really performed against the Colts last year, and he went up against a very good left tackle um, for the Colts in that game. And he performed, you know, not just that game, but ever since Bud Dupree went down, he really stepped up against the run and in the pass rush in particular. Uh, and so what I'm hearing from camp is that he's just dominating, really. And uh, I, I, you know, it goes back to what I said last week about having those three guys in Highsmith, Watt, and Ingram, just having that as rotation and depth. That's really a great piece. And then, you know, behind that, you have a rookie, which is where you kind of want that guy to be, Quincy Rochelle, uh, so that he can kind of step up, you know, possibly in the future when, you know, some of those names aren't there anymore. So really, really excited for Alex Highsmith. Um, today, you know, I heard a lot about James Pierre, uh, I think Cam Sutton is getting matched up against Chase Claypool, which I would definitely say athletically is, you know, by far and away the most talented uh, wide receiver the Steelers have athletically again. And, you know, Cam Sutton going up there, climbing the ladder, knocking some of those balls away um, and playing really physical against a guy like uh, Chase Claypool really bodes well for, you know, playing against who else, you know, whomever they would happen to match up against um, in the NFL season. So, you know, those two guys, um, or actually those three guys defensively, and then, uh, yeah. Oh, also, Pat Firemuth um, got a couple of nice catches. And, you know, we've heard reports once again that he had played well throughout minicamp and, you know, some of the preseason activities, um, or early activities, I should say. But that's exciting to hear his name. So, you know, you really, this year, the Steelers are going to need probably at least one or two of their draft people from this year to really step up. Obviously, you know, somebody like, uh, Najee Harris, but Fryer and Youth uh, won't hurt. No, and I and I and I like you know your thoughts there on Highsmith. High you know, I think one of the things that people people I think we knew coming out of Charlotte that he certainly had was a very I, I don't want to say advanced, but he had, was a above average pass rusher. Uh, has has uh, had moves coming out of college. Um, wasn't like he was just you know 
bull rushing the whole time. He had, you know, he had seemed like he had a plan when he wanted to rush the passer. Yes. Um, but I think the concern after, you know, having him getting some game experience last year was him setting the edge. You know, everyone talked about Bud Dupree the last couple of years and his, his you know, ability to really get after the passer and how that improved from his early years. But I also don't think many, some do, but I think many overestimate how great at setting the edge Bud Dupree was um, and, getting, and defending the run. Um, I think that as well as his pass rushing abilities really took a, a, a big step there from 2018 into 2019. And I think that was the biggest thing, which I think you've heard Highsmith talk about adding some weight mm-hmm. and some muscle. Um, it's ability to set the edge. That's, just, that's very important. Mike Tomlin talked a little bit, a little bit about it uh, after practice yesterday. I think it's, you know, the next time that they're in pads, which assuming is tomorrow for Friday Night Lights, is they're going to, you know, a similar drill from the backs on backers is the tight ends against the outside linebackers on those run drills, um, run blocking drills. And, you know, you talk about a blocking from the new, you know, the young and experienced offensive line. Let's be frank. Outside of Vance McDonald, the Steelers, Ebron, not a great, not a, not a great blocker at all. And we don't know if a fireman can, can block at the NFL level. Although I think I, I did see uh, some positive reviews after one day in pads, which again, that's mm-hmm. when we're going to really going to see when a guy, you know, I know I, like you said, I heard great reports about him in, in the spring. Um, and, you know, when, they, when they were practicing without pads, but, we all know sometimes you put the pads on and guys who showed out when everyone's in shorts uh, shy away from contact and, and, and really um, kind of go the opposite direction. Uh, but it sounds like Farmuth, when he put the pads on, held his own for the most part. And that would be a welcome sign to the Steelers who would love to get back to being able to run two tight end sets and maybe flex out uh, Ebron out wide or in the slot and be able to have Farmuth in line to help with blocking and also, you know, as a, as a reliable pass catcher. Um, sounds like Fire it's a, it's a it's a much better all around tight end. So I'm, I, to your point, it'd be great to see if he can really step in and play a significant role in, on offense uh, this year for the Steelers. Um, yeah. Being he, a go ahead. Be, being a Penn State fan, I obviously watched my fair share of uh, Pat, and I watched him over the last two seasons. And you know, I can't I can't really comment on how he, you know, how he was as a blocker, but he was just fantastic. You know down the uh down the seam and he was able to catch balls i mean and he, he scored a lot of touchdowns at penn state so i think there's a lot of work a lot to work with there no and, and you know reports i mean i think i saw jerry do at one point said that depending on how the board went they, the steelers might have considered taking him in the first round you know had depending on like i said depending on how the board was but they were glad to get him in the second so again i think the steelers are high on him i think they think that he can play and, and contribute right away and early signs are, are positive and, and, and from that front um, James and Pierre is a really interesting guy. It, what really is, to, to your point, the secondary is a really interesting conversation, obviously, right? They lose – they cut Steve Nelson. They lose Mike Hill into the Bengals. So they bring back Cam Sutton. I think you and I, obviously, we're, we're, we are fans of Cam Sutton. We think he's a, is a, is a, a, a great player who can do a lot of things for you. Uh, now he's getting his opportunity to start outside. Um, but when the Steelers play sub package, and let's be honest, that's more of the base now. Uh, it's no longer just you run three, four, fifty percent of the time. That's sure. more. It's more sub package uh, football these days. Uh, that nickel corner is really a starter, um, and I, you know, I think James Pierre is trying to is trying to get himself into the conversation uh, that when they do go nickel, um, that he's the guy on the outside, and maybe they bump Cam Sutton inside. Um, because right now, I think, you know, you have a battle going on between Antoine Brooks and, and Arthur Millette for that nickel job. And I think if one of those takes a, a stranglehold of that role, 
you know, James Pierre might be on the outside looking in from, from having a role there unless they go dime and maybe he finds himself there. But, you know, I think that secondary conversation, how are they going to, you know, manage their sub package football? I think that's something that we got to see and how that plays out throughout the preseason. This is why I said last week that, like, where is the spot for Justin Lane on this team? And from what I've read is that, oh, yeah, Justin Lane continues to struggle. Then, you know, and if that, obviously, I'm going to let him, you know, play during the preseason. But if that's the case, you know, see ya. I mean, you know, it's the third season, you know, you were a later round pick. It is what it is. So, you know, I I have not heard, you know, really anything. I think think not having uh, an offseason of normalcy last year hurt him. You talk about going from year one, 2019, and the year two, uh, you see the biggest, you know, a big jump, as Mike Tomlin always likes to talk about. I think not having a regular offseason last year, everything pretty much virtual, and then no preseason games to get more reps. I think that's what Justin Lane just lacks. He doesn't have enough reps, um, hasn't gotten enough playing in stadium experiences. Um, well, he's going to have a shot. No, he'll have a shot for sure. He, I, I could see him playing significant steps uh, throughout the preseason. Um, and he's yeah, going to have to make a name for himself because he's definitely in a battle. You know, you got some young guys, uh, even beyond James Pierre, you know, Shakur Brown. Um, uh, is a name that comes to mind. Like you know, paid a pretty good signing bonus for him out for as an undrafted free agent. Trey Norwood, um, Trey Norwood, who's safety but also slot nickel capable. Um, you know, there's guys out there. Um, it's that it's are a good. It's speaking, healthy competition. Yeah, speaking optimistically, which I I will try to limit. I promise. Um, it's a good position to be in the secondary. It's as Colbert said. I believe it was on Tuesday. We got a lot of unproven guys. But, you know, we're not necessarily lacking in overall depth, which is basically what's his sentiment. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Right, um, right. But, you know, if that if this holds true, you know, besides the offensive line, the offensive line, I got to think about it. And sometimes it cross my fingers. But, um, yeah, secondary, I can – I think it's in a healthy position. I'll say that. No, I, I agree. And, you know what, let's, let, if you don't mind, let's talk about the offensive line quickly. I think the guy that, you know, you were talking about Najee and, 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 and Pat – a guy that I'm really excited and I, and I think can hopefully set the tone, even as a young guy. And I think, I think that's what Marquise Pouncey did when he was a rookie. Uh, and I think it's not out of the ordinary for a young rookie to, to be able to. But, you know, he obviously he's wearing Marquise's Pouncey's number. Marquise gave him that blessing. Um, I think Kendrick Green has, the, has, the, has got a really good opportunity in front of him to grab that starting center role. Um, and really, you know, everything you hear about him, he just plays nasty. He plays – Pink Ryan Jensen from the Buccaneers also played for the Ravens. Mm-hmm. The guy that really, really is physical at the point of attack and honestly plays right, right through the whistle a little bit after, right? Kind of, you know, a mean bully kind of guy. And you know what? I think the Steelers need some of that. I think they need to get back to establishing the line of scrimmage, um, kind of being the guys that punch first and not the guy that punches back. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think Kendrick Green has a great opportunity in front of him to be that uh, on that offensive line. Again, a lot of inexperience, a lot of question marks, and I get it. And I'm sure, Ben, you know, if this was 10 years ago, you wouldn't feel as nervous just because Ben is, was able to, you know, move around a little bit better than he is, does now. And I think that's where all the concern is. I think the Steelers, as the year goes on, if they can get a, a group of five, whatever that combination is, you know, I think that the overall consensus is you'll have from left to right, Chooks, Dotson, Green, 
uh, Turner, and then Banner, you know, if they can get some cohesion there and throughout the season and they're able to run the ball, I think by the end of the year, we're talking about a pretty decent group uh, who is right now being talked about as maybe one of the worst in the league, which I think that's completely overblown, but I get it from an inexperienced perspective. I just think I'm really excited to see Kendrick Green. I want to see him in the preseason. An athletic guy can get out, pull. And I just, like I said, I just, Adrian Clem, I think his really is, is you know, it's tasked with the, with the job to get this group being more physical, coming off the ball with a mentality that we're going to punch you in the mouth. Uh, we're going to run the ball and it's going to be a dog fight for 60 minutes. And I think that is everyone that's, you know, I get it that there's, they were last in the league in rushing last year. And there's only what only, only, uh, only up from here, but I think you're going to see a really attitude change from the offensive line perspective and how they go about their business. And I think Kendra Green's really someone that I'm looking at and looking forward to seeing. I think you've heard some positive reviews um, thus far out of camp um, from, from Kendra Green. Uh, a good guy to follow on Twitter is Nick Farball, uh, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And he spoke very highly of Kendra Green, saying he was the most athletic offensive lineman, um, you know, just out of the box. And I, I agree with you. I mean, if they can – you know, get some sort of cohesion and start putting together and the injuries are limited, then, you know, hopefully they can get something on the offensive line. I know that's going to be one of the worst offensive lines, at least starting uh, week one that they've had in a long time, let's be honest. But um, it was not great last year. You know, there was a lot of issues with Pouncey. As far as snaps went, David Castro was never healthy. Kevin Dotson was asked to play pretty much, you know, I think at least 12 games last year. So he, he's pretty much had a rookie season. Um under his belt and for whatever reason he didn't play during the playoff game, but you know, and obviously, uh, Oh my goodness. Uh, Zach Banner has some starting experience as far as, you know, being the extra tackle. Chooks has several seasons, honestly, now as re- being right tackle and he's moved over to left. So I think, you know, if they can get out there and play, you know, together and really, really work on it during the preseason, then hopefully by the end of the season, um, it can be improving, which is we have not seen a lot of the offense improve towards the end of the season over the past three years. Question I have for you going on the other side of the line of scrimmage. I think an interesting conversation, right? If you look at the top three with Cam Hayward, Stefan Tuit, Tyson, you've yes. also got uh, Chris Wormley, who came back on a two-year deal. You figure he's on the roster. That's four sure. right there. Uh, I think an interesting conversation can be had um, and I don't know if you, if you can check, if you can quickly pull up. I don't have my computer in front of me. How many uh, D linemen Steelers kept last year uh, to start out the year? Is it five or six? Um, you know, I think the Isaiah Bugs, Carlos Davis, and uh, you know, obviously the Louder Milk conversation. You know, who could put, who was winning that battle? Um, like I said, I, I, I want to kind of get a idea for how many they kept last year to kind of give myself a, a frame, um, a reference for this year. Oh, and let me check death chart. Just one Because um, I think that's I think Isaiah Bugs is the guy that's very frustrating. You know, a lot of I think I've read multiple reports and multiple beat writers said that the Steelers have had issues with him, with him being, you know, whether it's focused or whether it's being in shape. Um, but you see flashes. I think you saw flashes last year. Um, there was a game. I think I can't remember if it was a Tennessee game or the Baltimore game where initially Mike Tomlin said after the game that he was playing like basically garbage. Uh, and he came in halftime and said, you better pull your head out of your ass and get it going. Because I think that's when Tyson, I think it was the Ravens game. Cause I think that's the one that Tyson Alawalu got cut. And that's when he had his knee injury. Uh, I thought he played well during the Ravens game. 
I apparently well, he did in the second. He, he was he did in the second half. In the first half, he was getting pushed pushed off the ball and didn't do anything. And Mike Tomlin made that very clear after the game. But uh, he kind of kept he kind of got it under control in the second half and really played a better second half. But he's a guy that I think six. they kept six. Okay, so so you've got the top four already known. You've got sure. Loudermilk, who you know they did trade up a trade a next year pick to get up to move to get him. So. He better that, that doesn't guarantee anything, but you'd have to think that he's penciled in as a five, as a number five. Sure. So who's number six? Is it Carlos Davis? Is it Isaiah Bugs? I mean, I think that's an interesting conversation. I don't know how much you saw about any of their uh, first couple practices, but kind of give me your thoughts on on that on that potential battle. I haven't seen anything as far as uh, those two are concerned. I I saw that somebody asked yesterday about Loudermilk, and you know. No, they didn't know anything about that. So I, I guess people aren't really paying attention to the right. D line. I, you know, honestly, to give beat for the beat people like credit, like you don't worry about the Steelers' defensive line right now. Like the questions sure. are elsewhere, so their odds are going to be elsewhere. Um, but at least on this list, Carlos Davis is a good thirty pounds bigger than Isaiah Bugs, and I know that Carlos Davis played more toward the end of last season, so I would. I would give him the upper hand of the moment. I thought Isaiah Bugs played really well in the second half. He had a big tackle uh, on the goal line, or near the goal line, I should say, against uh, Lamar Jackson, which is not easy, as we know, for being 300 pounds and 6'3". Um, so I, I, I think it's, you know... I think that, I think if you if, if they're both playing to their potential, I think Isaiah Bugs is your guy. I know. I don't think they see it that way. I would agree with I, what you're saying. I, I, well, that's the thing. I think Carlos Davis is kind of has the has the better work ethic and better comes in shape, comes in ready to go. While Isaiah Bugs is kind of they've got to kind of push him a little bit. Um, and that's why I said if both of them are, are on their A game and everyone, you know, everything it's equal playing field and it's just those two guys, I think you keep Isaiah Bugs in my opinion over Carlos Davis. I think he gives you some more flexibility. Um, but again, thankfully, you know, both those guys will get some preseason. Again, Isaiah Bugs another guy that didn't really get to have preseason games last year um and get some more reps but and Carlos Davis as a rookie last year didn't get any preseason so this will be his first preseason where he'll get some significant playing time to be able to just put some things on tape uh that'll hopefully help the evaluation that's why uh, I'm so excited for preseason like I just, of, course, of course I hate that it was taken from us um which again just to continue on that defensive side of the ball right we've already talked we talked about a little bit about last time with uh Vince Williams retiring there's gonna be potential for guys in the inside linebacker spot to make a name for themselves and Mike Tomlin it might be coaches, might be coaches speak, but someone asked him about, I forget what the question was, but basically he said all positions are open. Yeah. So we obviously know, we obviously know what that means, right? From a, from that perspective. But I, I do think there's some, there's some truth to there, there. And I think that one of those positions is, is inside linebacker. Obviously the preserve, you know, the presumed starter would be obviously Devin uh, 55 and, and, and Spillane, but you got guys like, uh, Buddy Johnson, a young guy coming in. Marcus Allen's got some experience there. Um, on the inside, there's going to be there's going to be some waves, right? There's going to be some movement at, at that position, and I think it's, you know, uh, we got to see how how it goes in, in the preseason. But I think those type of battles that are, are going to really be won here during practices, but not only in practices, put it on tape and might and it, especially inside linebackers. Uh, they have a chance to make the team if they not not on defense. Buddy Johnson's got to play really well on on special teams during the um, preseason. I think that's the way for him to get himself. Buddy Johnson's on the, on the roster. 
No, he is. But I'm saying Mike Tomlin always talks about it. If you can make plays on special teams uh, consistently, that's a pretty good indicator that you can make plays on defense. So if Buddy Johnson is able to, to really stick out on special teams, he might be able to throw him, get himself into a role earlier than expected. Um, but I've also, I feel like I've read some that maybe think that Buddy Johnson might contribute earlier than expected, even, you know, despite whatever happens in the preseason, um, just because they feel like they he's got some to. talent. Right. And, and maybe it's out of necessity, but again, no, we'll I don't want to that. see. I don't want that. I don't want out of necessity. I don't want to, I want to hear Spillane Bush next or Bush Blaine. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to hear anything. I don't, right now, I don't want to hear anything else. We'll see. Um, I think the I think the concern though, unless you have anything to add on that, I think my concern no. right now from a defensive from this we talked about a little bit earlier. The only thing I concern they 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 kick the tires on Malik Hooker. Uh, I think they need another safety. You're not a fan of Miles Gillibrew? I don't know. You could play, he's a special teamer. He's multifaceted. You're absolutely correct, and I and I think he'll play. He'll, he'll if he obviously plays well in the preseason and and and. and Makes plays on special teams, which is what he's known for. I'll have a spot on the roster, but I don't know if that's what I need uh, from is a safety perspective. No, but I, you know, I think he'll definitely be on teams. Uh, I'm not sure there won't be a special teams unit that he won't be on. I don't, I don't know exactly where it'll be. Um, but I, again, I, I, from a third safety perspective, I don't How know if that's Lamont Wade. Again, Trey Norwood can be throwing that conversation. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying, I'm just saying from a, from a, from a depth standpoint right now, at least uh, last year, you had Sean Davis who started for you, uh, you know, multiple games, right. You, yeah. you had some experience there right now. I, I, there's, there's some concern there for me. Well, then apparently they're done with Jordan James, Jordan Dangerfield. Um, cause he's obviously nowhere to be found. So, and I just felt like he was constantly on the roster for the last 20 years. Um, just like you remember him and Demonte Cromartie Smith, yes. or, or, or Cromartie Smith, Damon Cromartie Smith, not Demonte, D- D- Damon Cromartie Smith. I think his first name was, but Cromartie Smith is his last name. He was another danger field that just was always, always around the roster. Not as bad as a uh, Tyrone. Uh, <laughs> anyways, um, the other guy that I heard at least positive reports about, and I think a lot of people watch this position too, are Dwayne Haskins. Um, they said it looked much sharper in camp. Uh, when they were doing their team drills yesterday, I know he ran in a touchdown. I believe he was six for seven on a drive today. Um, and now he's playing with not your starters and he's not playing against starters. And they call it what it is. But this is how he should look. And this is my Mason Rudolph argument that I've said before. If Mason Rudolph is your future starter, then he should be tearing it up in preseason and against each other guys. And if he's not tearing it up, then I have question marks. So Dwayne Haskins should be tearing it up against whomever's out there that's not the starters. And then he can struggle against starters because they have a pretty good defense or whatever. But, you know, six for seven, yes, that's, again, that's what you should be doing with the third team, the second team, or whatever. Rotation. I know Ben was given a half day today. So um, not sure how that all went down. But, yeah, no, no, I've heard I, good things I, about him. I, I think – and I think I've made it clear on this show – and to you, even off the record, that I'm really intrigued by Dwayne Haskins. Again, I'm not sitting here saying he's going to be a savior, but sure. I think there's an opportunity. I think there's some, some uh, an opportunity for him to have an organization that backs him, gets behind him. I think we all know that Washington really didn't want to draft him, and they were already – it was the last year of the Gruden regime. Um, and obviously, Ron Rivera came in and backed him early, but obviously things didn't go you know, the way they wanted to. He got into some trouble off the field. 
uh, not necessarily trouble, but, you know, made some bad mistakes off the field. And he's looking for a, a literal, literal fresh start. And I think there's a great opportunity in Pittsburgh to learn under guys like Ben, even guys like Mason and Dobbs who've been in the program for a while now, um, who played in, in, in real NFL games just as Dwayne Haskins has. And I think the preseason is going to be a real tell for Dwayne Haskins' future, not only with the Steelers, but I think in the NFL. Um, I think he's got to really take good control of this number three spot right now. I think it's him between him and Dobbs. Um, I'm actually a big Josh Dobbs fan. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I like Dobbs. I, I wish him absolutely well. I think the Steelers are going to do everything that they can to put Dwayne Haskins in a position to win the number three job. I agree. Um, and I think that, you know, Josh Dobbs is going to kind of have to basically go out there, you know, and in, in, in the fourth quarter of games with really guys that unfortunately have no chance of making any roster. Uh, and it's probably not going to be put behind the eight ball from that perspective. But Dwayne Haskins has really got to take control, and it's good to hear early good signs from reports, even from improvement from, from this OTA and minicamp practice to training camp. It sounds like he's made some improvements, which that's great to hear, and you hope, you hope that that translations into the game. You hope to see Dwayne Haskins have his internal clock be a lot faster than what we've seen him when he was in Washington. Sure. You hope he makes good reads. You hope he puts the ball where it needs to be and makes good decisions and protects the football. Um, I think we know that Dwayne Haskins obviously has talent. He's a, he wouldn't be a first-round pick in the NFL draft if he didn't. I think it's just about having a coaching staff that puts him in a position to be, to be successful. Um, and I think that's what the Steelers' hope is. And I think that uh, there is an opportunity for him. And it's just a matter of him taking, you know, taking the bull by its horns, if you will, and, and really gra- and taking control of this third quarterback job with the hope that, depending on how the season goes, we don't know, but putting him in a position to compete next year, um, you know, whether it's in Pittsburgh or somewhere else, but you know, maybe puts him in a conversation for competing with Mason if he had, depending on how, you know, the offseason goes. But again, that's way down the road. But I'm just saying that's the reality of what they, Dwayne Haskins has to have that mindset that I've got to, I've got to play really good football here in July, August, and in the preseason to give myself the opportunity yes. to, earn, to, to come back next year and earn a spot on this team. And potentially, depending, um, we obviously know Mason signed an extension in the offseason to, you know, he'll be the, he's the only quarterback currently under contract for next year. Um, to compete with Mason. So good on you to, for calling out Dwayne and, and, and his early good signs uh, of training camp. Yeah, I want – ideally I'd like Dwayne Haskins to push Mason Rudolph because I don't want anything – because Mason Rudolph has a lot of ground to cover uh, for me and a lot of other people as well. So um, just thinking long term. Uh, so, yeah. No, I, I agree. Uh, no, I'm not. I don't know if I'm. I'm I don't know if I'm as down as you are on Mason. I, I get the concerns. I have concerns as well. Um, but I, I, I agree. This is this is going to be. It's after this year. It's going to be quite interesting. If if this yeah. is Ben's last year, which is everyone's assuming, it, it's going to be real interesting. It's going to be the first time in what 19 years. Uh, what was it? Eight, 18 years? No, 2004. 17 years. It'll be 18 next year, I guess. I don't know. My math. Who, who knows? I, I, yeah. I, I'm not a mathematician. Um, but. Just work some finance. It's okay. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, don't don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, I think this this is all good conversation. I think uh, something that we, I don't, we we don't have to go too in depth about it. But apparently, uh, obviously, there's a competition in, in the punting game this year. Woo! Uh, apparently, Harvin. Uh, yeah, apparently, uh, Harvin the third had a seventy foot bomb. I think according to Alex Azor, yeah, seventy foot, 70, 70 yard bomb. Yeah, more than uh, seventy feet. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so obviously him and Barry and, and I think Mike Tomlin got asked about it after the, after the practice and he said those do, those two were going at it. So that'll be interesting. I think uh, I think if he 
you know, Jordan Berry is kind of one of those guys where you on the surface, you probably look like, ah, he's, he's been below average. But I think you look at his numbers in, to, in totality from when he started, he's been a pretty average punter. Um, it just seems like he always has bad punts at the most inopportune times. Yeah. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see if Harvin the third can, it can take that punting position and, and, you know, they draft him uh, in, in the draft. They, they made him one of their, uh, what, they had eight picks this year. So uh, they obviously feel, thought highly of him to draft him. So we'll have to see. But I think that's something that you have to keep an eye on as well. And I think that's another good reason why we have preseason football this year. Yeah. I, I, I don't have anything to add to that. No, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. um, but, I mean – what are what are we looking forward to as we're a week away, Vince, from the Hall of Fame game? Obviously, we'll probably have another episode prior to that, and then we'll probably record after the game mm-hmm. uh, next week. Heading into the, obviously the weekend, we've got Friday Night Lights. I think there's Spam Fest or some other stuff. So a lot of stuff going on, for, you know, for the Steelers. But they're going to have the pads on. They're going to get themselves ready. You know, some of these guys will be going to an NFL stadium for the first time. Um, what are you looking forward to as they head into the weekend and getting preparing? And obviously there's no preparation schematically wise, but for some of these young guys, I mean, who are some guys that maybe, you know, we might've talked about the high Smiths and all that, but who are some guys you're going to be looking forward to uh, seeing in the hall of fame game, as well as leading up to it. Well, first and foremost, we're looking to stay healthy. Um, you know, if we knock on wood, uh, knock on wood, if you're with me, I did, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're looking to stay healthy because, you know, the worst type of injury is, you know, being taken down when obviously nobody's in competition, that and whatever. Um, oh, who, who got injured the last hall? What kicker got injured? Sean, in last, Sean Sweezen got injured in the last hall fan game on a ridiculous play. Uh, you know, just more or less, I'm really looking at the offensive line. I like to watch the offensive line. I want to see how they're playing. I want to see how you gel. Uh, Cowboys, you're not having notoriously good uh, defense over the past couple of years. However, I think if you and I would agree, if we look back to the game that they played last year, their defense, defensive line really set the tone. Got after. They got after. Yeah. Ben. So um, I'll be looking at that. Obviously, not a lot of startles on either side, but, you know, still watching the tone. You look at the secondary, and you're not going to look at guys like, um, obviously, Joe Hayden to play, and I wouldn't expect Cam Sutton to play either. No, you're probably not going to see um, Joe or anything like no, that. No, 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 no. Um, but still, you know, the Lamont Wade, the Trey Norwoods, um, the Antoine Brooks, you know, Arthur Mallets. Let's see how they play, you know. And I, it's, I'm also interested in where the Steelers are thinking about playing these guys. You know, is Trey going to get some snaps at cornerback or some snaps at safety? You know, are they going to play more of a hybrid? You know, how much are they going to show and what are they going to do in that first preseason game? Um, and then – you know, you think the top five are set at wide receiver, obviously not a position that we've talked about a lot because the first four are, you know, definitely solidified. But then, you know, you have people like Isaiah McCoy, number 17, Rico Busey, number 84, where in the previous uh, Antonio Brown, uh, you know, can these guys, you know, there's usually one wide receiver during the preseason that's like, oh, you know, he's a fringe player to make the team. Also, Cody White. Uh, number fifteen uh, is also, you know, kind don't of. Disrespect. I don't think you are, but don't disrespect my guy Ray Ray. Ray Ray I'm McLeod. not. I'm not. I, I'm... I know. I know. But listen, Ray Ray McLeod, I think is going to have a role in this team, and I think his so- spot. You asked. The purpose is, is solidified. I understand. Okay. I understand. All I'm right. just saying. I, I, we're, it's it, not that receiver. Like... That receiver you're talking about 
potentially it would only be the sixth receiver. And if he's active, he's playing special teams. But I get it. I get it. Yeah. I understand. Um, and then backup tight ends. You know, hope I don't think they're going to give too much work right now, or at least the first week to uh, Fryermuth. You'll see guys maybe like Zach Gentry's in the third year, Kevin Raider. Um, oh, I, and, I disagree. I think they're going to get Pat a lot of reps in the Hall of Fame game. I think he needs reps. He might. I don't think he. I think he needs reps for everybody to kind of just see how he is in game. I don't need him playing half the game. I don't. No, not, I don't think he'll be half the game, but I definitely think he's going to play a quarter and a half, maybe. Yeah, God, I just I. I have the wrap him in He's foil. got no NFL. I understand, and I, and I understand the health perspective. And but they, they, he's got to play. He's got to play. He's got to get NFL reps. I, I know. He, I, and to your point, he did not play. He opted out. I think after the third or fourth game of uh, last year because of COVID. Penn State was zero three at the time too, so I don't think it really saw a point to play. Um, and then you know back. The, the thing that's interesting about the offensive line is obviously Dan Moore and Kendrick Green are rookies. But when you – outside of that, you get a lot of players that have experience but just are okay. Sure. You know, you have um, B.J. Joe Finney, Haig. Joe Haig, you know, who got the touchdown yeah. um, in Tampa Bay yeah. for Super Bowl, I believe. Or um, did he miss? Did he catch it or did he miss? I'm not uh, sure. I think uh, – oh, you're absolutely what, – what did happen that play? Did he get a touchdown? I can't remember. I, I can't remember. Or he dropped it or something like that. Something happened. Yeah. Um, he was with the Buccaneers last year. So, and then, you know, Benny Snell, uh, this is your time to shine because we can't have you playing special teams because, you know, you're either being a, the backup running back or, you know, we're trading you. Um, I think they could. Uh, and then, obviously, Anthony McFarland. And, God, we still got Jalen Samuels on this team. Yeah, I'm kind of over Who the got who got, who got hurt, hurt today? He right? Got hurt today. I don't know. I don't know what the status is, but he did get hurt. So maybe see more of uh Kalen Ballage. Um and well, then, I heard good things about yesterday too, as well, by the way. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. That that, that kind of slipped my mind. Um and then yeah, defensively, like I don't any, almost anybody that's starting defense, I do not need to see tomorrow out, you know, outside of their starting nickel on in week one whoever that's going to be. Maybe that, if that's James Pierre, obviously James Pierre will play uh, on the holiday, next Thursday. Thursday. Besides that, like, hey, you know, if you got to bring some guys off the street, whatever, uh, play them. You know, because I don't want a lot of reps. You know, how much do you think Mason plays? I think the Hall of Fame game, you'll get a driver. A of, uh, yeah, a series or two out of Mason. And I think you're going to see Dwayne Haskins for probably – Quarter the, and a half, the, the, uh, probably into the third quarter, and I think you'll get Josh Dobbs will finish up whatever's left of the third and in the probably whole fourth quarter. Yeah. I think you're going to see a lot of Dwayne Haskins. That's fine. That's fine because we. No offense to um, you know Josh Dobbs, but we've seen Josh Dobbs. We when he goes off against the Panthers in the third stringers, it's okay. <laughs> you know we've seen it, right. uh, and, and that's not a slight on him. But you know I've also seen him against the Raiders, so. You know, in a regular season game, so yeah, I, I would like to see Josh or Dwayne Haskins as much as possible. In fact, if you want to play Dwayne Haskins the whole game, fine with that too. Uh, but they're not going to. No, do. I think that's an excellent preview, if you will. I, to me, I, I think you went through a good lot of good names. I don't want to repeat, but I think it's to me, it's just about the overall attitude and demeanor. I think I know it's a preseason game. There's no schematic things that they're going to be working on. I shouldn't say that. There's no preparation from a schematic standpoint, but I do no. think there is an opportunity to really kind of 
see what type of team the Steelers would like to be, right? They're building up towards the regular season. So they're going to try to be who they want to be in the, in the, in the regular season, in the preseason. I think they're going to, from a, from a physicality standpoint, are they, are they really having a shift in mindset where we're going to, we're not going to start, we're not going to initially fall backwards in our past in our, in our, in our, you know, as an offensive line, we're going to fall forward. We're going to push forward. We're going to move people off the ball. Uh, and we're also going to hit you in the mouth. You know, I think that's what I want to see is what what type of identity is this team going to have is, is hoping to have in 2021. I think that's what I'm going to be looking for. And again, some of the guys will be probably some of the most of the guys that are playing in this game aren't going to be on the team. But I think what Mike Tomlin, the coaching staff is going to be have been drilling into their into the, you know, into their head the last two and two and a half weeks is going to be that we're going to be if they're, if they're going to try to be a physical football team. I think those players, even if they aren't on the 53 man roster, are going to try to, uh, you know, instill that mindset when they play. So I think that's well, what I'm looking forward to. You know, to go back to that, and how much do you think Najee plays and how much does he play? He might get a couple series. I don't like that. That's like, though, you know, for me, like, hey, he, is he running? He's got pads on. Perfect. I, I want to see him against Buffalo. I don't want to see him against the Cowboys. No, I, and I get it. And, I, and, and maybe he doesn't play. I don't know. But I, I, to me – um, again, Mike Tomlin, uh, is, what is it? One of the Mike Tomlinisms is, is his favorite is we don't live in our fears. And sometimes he does live in his fears and he don't want to admit yeah. it, but sometimes well, we do he live does. with injuries. Okay. So, right. I agree. I, I, I'm, I'm hesitant too, but I think he's some of the young guys and the rookies, even guys like Nigel Harris, I think they're going to want to see in a in, in stadium, see how they react and get to know them from that perspective. Um, but I agree. I don't think. He might play a series. He might, you know, again, I'm trying to think when they took Rashard Mendenhall uh, in the first round. Rashard. Um, yeah. Uh, underrated. I mean, he's got a bad rap because he fumbled in the through ball, but I thought he was a really solid running back anyways. But anyway, but I think I, I, I think right. they played him. They played him in the preseason. Again, that's a different era, different game, but I think he'll see a little bit of Najee. Yeah, I'm not a little bit of He's uh, just so important to no, what I they want to do next year. And it's such a – big drop between him and the next option. No, I agree. And it's definitely a risk, but I think Mike Tomlin's going to want to see him. So we'll see. Um, but anything else that you want to discuss for the first last two days? No, you know, um, if anybody's out there, obviously, you know, I am not there, so I don't retweet a lot of the stuff, um, but people to follow, you know, obviously we speak very highly of Alex Azor on here. He does a fantastic job. He's there every day. Um, you know, writing this chicken scratch down and, uh, you know, getting his stuff. And really, it's a good, you know, I think uh, Josh said this yesterday. It was like, if you're, if you read his entire thing, it's going to take you about 10 to 15 minutes and it's not going to be a 10 to 15 minutes that you regret. Um, obviously, uh, other people to follow are, um, you know, Marco Boli does a write up as well. He does his 10 kind of shots mm -hmm. on the athletic if you're a subscriber to there. Um, and then Nick. Uh, Farwa, I think, is a great guy as well. Uh, those should just be my plugs. Um, and then, you know, obviously look for us next week to talk about it probably early in the week and then give a post-game report sometime uh, Friday uh, after the preseason, which will be exciting because we'll get to see live football again. It's the first time since a very, very disappointing loss in January. So I'm really excited to get the taste of that out of my mouth as the last game that they played. So... I agree. I agree. Well, be on the lookout for early next week. 
uh, as we, like I said, look ahead to the Cowboys preseason Hall of Fame game and what should be a great weekend for the Steelers organization on the whole um, with all the members uh, going into the Hall of Fame, Bill Cowher, Troy Palomalu, Donnie Shell, and Alan Fanica. So, again, for Vince, this is Dimitri. Thank you so much for listening. We hope everyone has a great and safe weekend, and we'll see you next week. See you guys.